Bright Horizons, a story in ten parts, by Maven Davis Rackerby. One. The doctor says I'm crazy. He says I need to get better so that I can go home. The doctor says a lot of things. I don't like the doctor much. He gives me pills, and then when I sleep, the monsters come, and they say, Jacks. And I nibble at my toes and face until I scream. And then it's over and I'm safe. But I'm not really safe because I know that tomorrow night the monsters will come again. The doctor says that if I get better, the monsters will leave me alone, but I don't believe him. He tells me I just have to let them help me, but I don't want help. If they help me, I'll get better. And if I get better, all my friends will leave me and I'll have to go home. And then I'll never discover what's wrong with this place. They call it something. They call it lots of things. They call it home. And they say we're safe. But we're not. The big sign on the door says... Bright Horizons Mental Hospital. And as long as we're here, we're prisoners. Me and all my friends, we can't get out. Not now, not ever. My friends, I love my friends. The doctor says they don't really exist, that they're all in my head. And I know that's true. The doctor says that they're hurting me, and I have to let them go, but I can't. Even if they're only made up, they're still my only friends in this place. Well, they were, but now I have you, and you are so special. And I have to hide you, because if they find you, they will take you away and study you and everything that I write in here. Nurse Emma said so when she gave you to me. She told me I should write in it because I always look so lonely. And then she smiled. I like it when people smile. Nursema is wrong, though, because I'm never lonely. Not with my friends around, and they are always around. It's okay, because she can't see my friends. No one can except for me. And that's okay, because they don't like anyone else anyways. I don't know how many friends I have, because they always change, and only a few stay the same, but I don't care. I love them all, and they love me. And they whisper, Jack. Don't get better, Jax. We love you, Jax. If you get better, we'll have to leave, Jax. Which is why I won't get better. No matter what the doctor or everyone else says. I can hear people coming, so I have to put you away in the special place I found under my bed. It's a loose board that opens into a secret compartment, and there used to be a spider there, but I kicked him out, so now it's all yours. I haven't made you a little blanket out of a scrap of fabric I found, so you can be warm while you wait for me. I'll be back for you soon, my new friend. Just as soon as the doctor walks by. Part two. The doctor didn't walk past. He stopped and came in and looked at me with his small black eyes. And he smiled, just like Nurse Emma did, but this one was different. I'm not happy at all. 
Then he told me it was time for my checkup and took me with him. I didn't know I had a checkup today, but apparently I did, because he dragged me to his office and put me in the chair, which I always get put in. I don't like the chair. It has big claws for feet, and it's old and smelly. My friends don't like the chair either. They say it smells like death. All I smell is oldness, like mildew and dust. Once I sat down so hard, a puff of oldness came out of it, and I coughed and choked. And the doctor, he just sat there. He always just sits there, staring at me. Sometimes he says something, which is worse than him staring at me. My friends don't like the doctor's office. They won't come in. They just flicker at the door and talk to me. They say, Jax, get out of there, Jax. He's trying to hurt us, Jax. Run away. We love you, Jax. And I hear them and I listen. But I don't run away. Because everyone knows bad things happen to runaways. Before my friends were my only friends, and before you became my friend too, there was a girl who was my maybe friend. My maybe friend didn't have a name. She had been here so long. She didn't have anyone or anything. My maybe friend didn't even have friends in her head like I do. She was in the room next to me, and we used to talk through the walls. One day she told me about the escape plan. The escape plan was long and complicated, but my maybe friend said it would work. She wanted to take me with her, but I said no, because everyone knows what happens to runaways. She left anyway, and it would have worked out, but something went wrong and she was caught. No one knows for sure what happened, but we could all hear the screams. And my maybe friend was never seen again. So you see, this is why I can never run away. Because even though I am a prisoner here, I'm left alone most of the time, and that suits me fine. The food is also fine. And I'm always warm at night. I don't have any real-life friends, but that doesn't matter, because my friends are better than anyone else. My friends will never leave me, and they will never try to escape on their own, unlike my maybe friend, who now isn't anyone's friend or maybe friend, because she tried to run away. The doctor says no one has ever gotten away. He also says those who try are brought back nicely, but everyone knows that's not true. He also says Bright Horizons is dedicated to building a brighter future. But I don't believe him. If he wanted a brighter future for me, why would he try to take away my friends? Part 3 The doctor is worried for me. He says I am extremely ill and will keep getting worse unless I get better. But I don't believe him because I feel fine. I have special friends in my head and monsters that eat me at night, but I don't care. That doesn't mean I'm sick or ill, like he says. I don't know what it means, but I know I like being this way, and who likes being sick? But the doctor won't listen to me. He says he's going to have to see me more often and try more serious methods because I refuse to be treated. 
I don't know what the more serious methods are, but it might have something to do with the door. And that scares me. The door. I capitalize it because it seems important. Everyone is afraid of the door. Me and all my friends and all the real-life people I can hear talking through the walls. Everyone has seen the door, but never behind it. The door is in the east wing, right next to the cafeteria for the people who work here, and the door to the west wing. We have all seen and passed by the door. Every time we walked out the big doors that are the back entrance to this place, we used to go out all the time because the doctor said that nature walks were good for us, but then my maybe friend ran away, and now we haven't been outside in a long, long time. But we all know the door is still there because it has always been there and always will. It has a big sign on it that says, Do not enter. And at night, the shadows sneak out from under it and into my head. And they tell me things. They tell me stories of the door and what happens behind it, and they scare me. They say if the bad patients are taken behind the door, and never come back. They show me things, too. Things that make me even more afraid of the door. I have to put you away now, because it is dark and late, and I can see the monsters coming for me like they do every night. Every night the shadows come, and the monsters come, and they'll eat you, too, if I don't keep you safe. Good night. Part 4 Someone went behind the door today. They looked like Nurse Emma, but it wasn't because Nurse Emma was prettier. We saw the person, me and all the real-life people who were taking on walks with me. It was a good walk, and we were all so excited, but I don't remember any of it because I was thinking about the door. We all stopped and watched when the person opened the door. It was pitch black. And then the not-Nurse Emma person walked into it and disappeared. We all wanted to run back to our rooms, but we couldn't because the doctor made us keep moving. So now I'm writing this and I'm shaking because now I know that the door goes somewhere and that somewhere is dark and black, and now I know it's not just a door, which makes it scarier somehow. Now when the shadows come, I'll know they're telling the truth because I've seen the darkness behind the door just like they describe. Do the shadows come and, and talk to you too? I try to keep you safe at night in your little house, but there are cracks in the wood. Do they slip through and get into your pages and scare you? I hope not, because the shadows and the monsters, they're mean, and they won't stop, not ever. I haven't told the doctor about the shadows, because I know what he'll say. He'll say what he says about the monsters. That if I get better, the shadows will leave me alone. But I know that's not true. The shadows won't go away, even if the monsters do. Because the shadows are different. They tell me stories, and they show me things they don't show anyone else. The monsters are mean, and they hurt. And I cry, 
they don't tell me stories about the door. I can hear them whispering through the walls, all the real-life people here with me. I know they're not my friends, because my friends sound different. My friends are always right next to me, and they are always gentle and kind. But the real-life people sound far off and afraid. They whisper, and I can't make out any words, just fear. The one thing I share with all of the real-life people stuck in this place, fear of the door and the doctor. Sometimes I wish I knew some real-life people, but then my friends whisper in my ear and remind me that I don't need anyone else, just them. The doctor says that my friends are lying to me to stop me from getting better, but my friends would never hurt me. The doctor says that once upon a time I didn't have my friends, and I was normal. And wouldn't I like to be that again? The doctor doesn't know anything. I would never want to live without my friends. Part 5 The new methods started today. The doctor gave me more pills, bigger pills that he said would help more, but I won't take them. They smell gross and taste funny. Every day, I'll keep them in my mouth until Nurse Emma is gone, and then I'll spit them out. If they find out, I don't know what they might do, but it's not as bad as losing my friends. Today, I asked Nurse Emma about the door. She said she didn't know what I was talking about. There was no suspicious door anywhere, just one to the lower level. I don't know what she meant by that, but it doesn't seem good. So now I have two doors to be afraid of. The door is a hundred times more scary, though. And I will never stop being afraid of it. Not unless I figure out for myself what's behind it and what the shadows have been lying to me about. But that's insane, because who would willingly go behind the door? Well, I guess some people would, but not anyone like me. Not any of the so-called patients here. I had a dream about the door last night. It was after the monsters had gone and the shadows had oozed out of my ears, and I could finally get some sleep. In my dream, the door opened, and the doctor was standing at the bottom of a staircase, but he didn't look right, like something was wrong with him. And then he smiled, and his teeth were long and sharp, so very sharp. And he said, Jax, why don't you come down here with me, Jack? And then I screamed, and he laughed and told me that it was my fate. It was everyone's fate, because no one escapes the door. Nurse Emma came running when I screamed and told me it was just a dream, which I already knew, but it didn't make it less real. I know that someday I will have to open the door and go down the staircase, because that's what the dream doctor said, and that's what the shadows from beneath the door say, too. I didn't tell Nurse Emma any of that, though. I just sat there, and I didn't even look at her, and eventually she left. I know I should go back to bed, but I can't because my dream will come back, and if I scream again, Nurse Emma will get the doctor. I think I'll just sit here and write and talk to my friends, which is what I did when I was bored before you came, and what I still do because you can't talk. But my friends can and I tell them everything about the doctor. 
and they comfort me and tell me not to go near it. And so I won't ever, because I trust my friends. And if they tell me not to do something, I won't. Part 6 Nurse Emma caught me not taking my pill today, and she got really, really mad. She yelled and almost screamed. And I don't like it when people are mad at me, so I curled up in a ball and cried, and she stopped. She told me I can't do things like that because if the doctor catches me, bad things will happen. She said she is not going to tell the doctor this time, but next time she'll have to, even though she didn't want to. Then I told her I didn't want my friends to leave, and she looked all sad and made me take the pill anyways. Made sure I swallowed it, too. My friends... They flickered in the corners of my vision, and they cried out when I took it, like I was hurting them. I never ever want to hurt my friends, but what else am I supposed to do? If the doctor punishes me, my friends might go away forever. I hope they understand that, because uh, I haven't seen them all night, and I think they might be mad at me. I don't want my friends to be mad at me. Because without my friends, what am I? Nothing. I am nothing without my friends, and they are nothing without me. And we are all happy just the way we are. I hope they show up soon, because it's starting to worry me. I hope nothing has happened to them, because that would be horrible and terrible. Something happening to my friends? That's what the doctor wants. He wants my friends to wither and die and leave me to rot alone in this prison that I will still be trapped in, all alone. Or I could go home. But that would be worse, because the visitors stopped coming a few months after I was locked up in here. And these rooms with invisible bars. I do not remember my parents' faces. I remember their voices, but only sometimes because my friends are the only voices I hear now. Them and the shadows and the monsters. And they block out everything else. The shadows keep coming. They always come, but the shadows are different now. They invite me instead of scare me. They tell me to follow them behind the door, down the dark staircase, and into the darkness that is my fate. I try not to listen. I put my hands over my ears and I scream at them to be quiet and leave me alone, but they don't. And I know they're trying to trick me by saying all the nice things, trying to get me to follow them so they can do all the horrible things they do to bad patients behind the door. And I know this, so I try and I, I try to block them out of my head, but it doesn't work. And they still whisper in my ear and laugh at my screams. And they creep in every fiber of my being until I want the door. Until I need the door. But still, I resist. Because if I give in, if I go behind the door, things will happen far worse than having the shadows in my head. My friends always tell me I am so strong. I am so brave. They say, we are proud of you, Jack, so very, very proud. You are strong, Jax. 
You can resist the door, Jax. But I am not strong or brave. I am scared and small. And I would submit in a moment if I wasn't so afraid. And isn't fear the opposite of bravery? People say that that's not true. They say to be brave, you have to be afraid, but I don't believe them because no brave hero has ever been afraid. The doctor says I have a checkup today. I'm not sure when it will be today, and I can't risk him seeing you. The doctor made my friends mad at me. He made them leave, and I can't have him take you too because you're the only friend I have left. Goodbye, friend. Hopefully when I write in you next, my other friends will have come back. Part 7 My friends took a long time to come back. After the checkup with the doctor, I went back to my room and I sat there, and they still didn't come. I waited, and I waited, and I cried, and I shivered, and I thought they weren't coming back. Then they flickered weakly into life, and they were back again, and I wanted to hug them, but I couldn't, so they hugged me instead, and they told me they were very weak. They told me the doctor was trying to kill them, that I had to stop taking the pills or they would be gone forever. I don't know what I would do if my friends were gone forever, so I know I have to stop taking the pills, but I'm not sure how. I think I will have to be more careful this time. I'm not sure what I can do, but I know I have to do something, because if I don't, my friends will die. If my friends die, then a part of me will die. And I don't care if I'll be better, because I'll never be better, no matter what the doctor says. Sometimes I have memories, short glimpses of before I was sick, and I was worse off before than now. When I was normal, I had no friends, and everyone made fun of me. And my friends came and made it all better. They made me feel happy, and when they came to take me away, and everyone called me a freak and insane, and told me I would never, ever, ever get better because I was just a freak, my friends were there. And then when the visitors trickled off and no one came to see me, my friends were there then, too. I don't know how long I've been locked up here, but my friends have been there every single little step of the way. They were all I had before you, and now you're my friend too, which makes me so very happy, because I love friends and I was lonely before, even with my friends to keep me company. Do you have a name? I'm not sure why it just occurred to me to ask you this, but I never really thought of it before. I guess I will have to name you but I'm not quite sure how to name things. Names have to be special. And I've never named something before, unless you count the rat in the wall. He lived here for a while, until they found him and brought in the exterminators. But I named him Squeaky and would feed him bits of my cheese. I don't know how I named Squeaky, though. I think it was because of the noises he made, but my memory is fuzzy, so I can't quite tell. I think I will have to think on this name thing, because I can't think of anything at all right now. Which is strange, because my brain is always filled with thoughts. Sometimes it gets so full that I have to turn away thoughts, 
sweep them out with a broom and tell them that there's no room. And sometimes that doesn't work, and the thoughts all crowd in anyways. When that happens, my brain overflows, and thoughts go everywhere, and there's confusion and chaos and no escape and a cry sometimes. And sometimes Nurse Emma comes and sometimes not, and then calm. Then I breathe in deeply and try not to think for a while, and my brain empties, and I can think again without another thought flood. It's weird not to be thinking anything. It makes me feel empty and small. But I can't force myself to think, because too many thoughts is worse than none. I have too many thoughts, not enough for an overflow, just enough so my brain is crowded. I forget things because they get pushed out to make room for new thoughts. Sometimes I lose something important. It gets pushed out of my brain and shatters on the floor when I have this feeling. A feeling it was really super important. But I can't ever remember what it was. I don't like that feeling. So I think I will just sit here and not think anything. It's actually kind of peaceful for once. Part 8 Today is my birthday. I didn't know it was today, but Nurse Emma came with a big cake with Happy Birthday Jacks and five candles on it. Nurse Emma frowned when she saw me count the candles and told me that they ran out, but that's okay. I'm just happy I get anything, since I didn't even know it was my birthday. As a present, Nurse Emma snuck me some pencils so I can keep writing in you. I already have a few, but none like these. These are sparkly and every color of the rainbow. Not like the plain boring ones I had to write in you with before. My friends were very excited for my birthday, almost more than I was. This was my second birthday here, I think. My memory is hazy, but I can remember a different cake and a different nurse. Nurse Emma wasn't here yet. Instead, there was someone else, someone meaner and not as caring as Nurse Emma. They never really liked me. And one day when they disappeared, I didn't care. Then when Nurse Emma came, I was so happy because she was nice and kind and so unlike the other person. There have been lots of other people, nurses and doctors and patients. But only a few I learned the names of, because the others weren't nice to me, so why should I care about their names? But sometimes I wish I had known them more, because maybe if I had more to remember, my memories wouldn't be so hazy. I have a few memories, and those are the small bits of light in my foggy mind. The others swoosh and mush together, creating a swirl of color and noise. And laughter. I remember laughter, mine and others. The memory fog floats through my head and behind my eyes, and sometimes I catch glimpses of things. Sometimes I reach up and grab a piece of it, holding on to it before it slips through my fingers, and I hold it in my mind's eye like a photograph. Then, like magic, it slips through my grasp to rejoin its brothers and sisters. Sometimes I read what I write, like that up there, and I think I must be insane to write things like that. 
and my writing friend must think I'm insane too. But then I brush those thoughts out of my head because I know you won't judge me for being insane or mentally ill or sick, as the doctor calls it. Because everything that happens, everything that has happened, might just be in my head, but it feels real to me. Every bite, every night of fear, every thought fog wisps through my fingers, every feathery warmness of my friend's hugs. I feel it all, 100%. So you may call me crazy. You may say it's all in my head, but that doesn't mean it's not real, too. I tried to explain that to the doctor once. I tried to tell him how it can be real and fake at the same time. How things in my head are very real. And my friends are real, as real as you or I, but... He just looked at me sadly and wrote more on that little yellow notepad he always carries around. He's always writing on that thing. And it said things about me, about my condition. It made notes of my behavior and talked about me like I was an object. I don't try to look at the yellow notepad anymore. The doctor hasn't come for me in a while. I think he thinks I'm taking my pills again, and that they're working, because when I told him that my friends went missing, he smiled and said that was very good. Maybe next time I'll tell him my friends are still gone, even though they're not. I've been trying to ignore the shadows, trying to resist them, but I'm not sure how long it will work. Every night I see the door, and in my mind I am right in front of it. And every night I take one step closer. I fear that eventually I will open it and slip down the stairs and never come back. That would be horrible, because I still haven't thought of a name for you. And I would like to name you before I go. It would be very sad for me to die or go missing and leave you unnamed. Death. I'm not sure if death is what waits behind the door, but it feels like death, or worse. I do not think I would mind dying if it wasn't painful. But if I die, I will leave you behind, and Nurse Emma, and my friends. My friends, would they even exist if I am gone? If I die, do they die too? Or will they just float around my empty room, haunting it? Will they call out to strangers? Try desperately to find someone to talk to because I'm not here for them to console? It would not work, of course, as only I can see them, and so my friends would be very lonely and very sad. No, I must not die and leave my friends here to wither into a corner of this room until they become part of the shadows themselves. I must not go behind the door. Tonight, on my birthday night, I will stay up all night because maybe if I don't sleep, then I won't walk any further toward the door. Part 9 It didn't work. Somehow I fell asleep, and then I was in the hallway again, only I was much, much closer. My entire being was screaming no, but still I opened the door and slowly stepped down the stairs. Behind the door, it was darker than I imagined. I knew it was black, but this wasn't just black. This was the blackest black possible, the type of darkness only possible in nightmares. But even in the darkness, I knew the way. At the bottom of the stairs, there was a switch, and when I flipped it, that's when the, the things appeared. 
The things were big and scary, like deformed faces and people floating around. And I screamed, and that's when the dream doctor stepped out, only he was different than the first one, and his teeth were sharper. And the shadows were there, too. And they laughed, and they held me still. And the dream doctor walked up, and then everything went black. But I was still aware of everything, every single thing. And I screamed, and I screamed, until suddenly it was over, and I sat up, gasping for air off of the floor, where I had fallen asleep some time ago. It was a dream, and at the same time it wasn't. And I'm not sure how, but it just was. I knew some of it was true and some wasn't, but it was all a muddle in my brain and, and I didn't know, couldn't know. And it messed with my head, with my thoughts, until I knew what I had to do. I had to see for myself, with my own waking eyes, what was behind the door. I know this was a bad idea now. This never should have happened. I have been changed in the past few days into I don't know what, but I am now someone who would willingly go behind the door. And that scares me. My friends thought this was a bad idea, too. They yelled at me and called me stupid and an idiot, things they've never said before. They said it was pointless anyway and that the door was locked, but strangely it wasn't. It creaked when I opened it, but no one came and... So I slipped out of my room. My friends, they followed me down the hallway, screaming at me, jumping in front of me and telling me to stop, to go back. But I walked right through them and didn't listen, and so I walked all the way to the door. The door's handle was cold and slippery, but I turned it anyways. This one wasn't locked either, even though my friends said it would be too. Behind the door, it was lighter than in my dream, but the steps were just as sticky and dark, molasses slowly sliding down towards my fate. At the bottom of the molasses steps, there was a switch, same as before, only smaller and whiter. My friends tried to stop me from touching it, but I reached right through them and flipped it on. And the things appeared. They were different things. Not like my dream, but dancing shapes and colors. And they taunted me, laughed at me. There were other things, too, big blocks of things attached to the walls. They hummed and whirred, and they were very, very warm, and there was steam, I think. And the humming things, they had words on them, words like danger and hot to touch. The shadows, they were there, too. And they cornered me against the sickly yellow-colored walls, and I waited for the dream doctor with his sharp teeth to appear, but he didn't. Nothing appeared but the shadows and the things. They laughed, and they poked me and bit me, and I curled up into a ball and screamed loud and long, and they just laughed in my face. And there was noise and shouting, and several Nurse Emma-like, but not Nurse Emma people, rushed in and ran through the things and the shadows, and the things and the shadows disappeared like smoke, not leaving a trace. And the last thing I thought was, that's not so bad after all. And then everything was black. I woke up later in my own bed, and I found you, and I wrote this.
I'm scared. Very scared. I don't know what's going to happen next. Part 10 Nurse Emma is very worried for me. This morning when I woke up, she said so. She said what I did was very, very bad. She told me that they were going to come and take me, take me somewhere where they can watch me more. She said I could have been very, very hurt, and what was I thinking? I told her everything, and her face got dark. She said that when the doctor comes, I should tell him everything I just told her. I asked why, and she said so he could help me, so that the thing that happened behind the door will never happen again. After Nurse Emma left, I talked to my friends. They were very, very sorry for me, and they told me I should let the doctor help me. I told them no, that if he helps me, they die. And they cried and hugged me and said it was worth it. The monsters in the shadows, they'll all go away and you can be happy, they whispered in my ear. And I cried and hugged them back. I know what I have to do now. I know that the doctor is going to come get me. And I know that when he does, I will go and meet him. I will hand you to him, and he will look at me with that look in his eyes. Then Nurse Emma will tell him something. He will get mad and ask to talk to her later. Then he will smile and lead me into his office. My friends will watch me go, and they will whisper, Goodbye, Jax, and we love you, Jax, into my ear sadly, and watch me follow the doctor. And then... I will get better and be normal. And I won't have my friends. And I will cry and I will miss them. But I must do this because the monsters and the shadows and the door and the things, they will all be gone, just a memory. And it will fade into my past and the night of the door will have just been a nightmare. And you, you will be gone. Maybe after I get better, the doctor will give you back to me, but maybe not. I said it would be horrible if I left you without a name, and I'm not going to do that. I have a name now, and I think it is perfect, absolutely perfect, just like you. Mimsy, if it's you. And it's right, and I am so, so happy I thought of a name in time. Oh, I can hear the doctor coming, and I know I am running out of time. Goodbye. Thank you for being my friend. The doctor says I'm crazy. He says I need to get better so I can go home. The doctor says a lot of things, and he's probably right. This has been Bright Horizons, a story in ten parts, written by Maven Davis Rackerby or the Junior NaNoWriMo 2011. Performed by Exy Sands.